Section 21 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The World's Story, Volume 13, The United States, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 21 the first inauguration day seventeen eighty nine by john bach mcmaster in every great city from boston to baltimore societies for the encouragement of manufacturers had sprung up since the war and were flourishing that at boston put forth an address urging the manufacturers of the great seaports to join with it in checking importation the members of the society in delaware took a solemn pledge to appear on the first day of january in each year clothed in goods of american make to foster the growth of flax and wool and to discourage the purchase of cloth abroad the society at philadelphia had at great cost and labor secured the models of a cotton carter and a cotton spinner built a factory, and began the manufacture of cotton goods. The result was a speedy return to old habits of simplicity and frugality. Young women wore plainer clothes and made haste to surpass their mothers in skill at the spinning wheel. Young men drank American porter and beer and were not ashamed to be seen in homespun stockings and homemade jeans politicians found the surest way to win the hearts of their constituents was to appear dressed in american broadcloth the town of hartford could think of no gift so appropriate for john adams on his way to be inaugurated vice-president as a roll of cloth from its own looms all true patriots heard with joy that on the auspicious day when the american fabius stood forth to take the oath of office he was clad from head to foot in garments whose material was the product of american soil his inauguration fell on the last day of april washington quitted mount vernon on the sixteenth of the month in company with colonel humphreys and mr thompson and came by the most direct road through baltimore and philadelphia to new york the journey even at that time of year might easily have been made in five days but he was much delayed by the hearty receptions given him along the entire route from every village and hamlet through which the road lay the people poured forth to welcome him and to testify by shouts and blessings their love and gratitude for the great things he had done he was feasted at alexandria he was entertained at georgetown he was warmly received at philadelphia the people of that city had selected Gray's Ferry on the lower Shykill as the place to meet him, and had taxed their ingenuity to the utmost to devise decorations worthy of the occasion. The bridge, a mean and rude structure, was hidden under cedars and laurel, flags and liberty caps. Two triumphal arches were put up, and signals arranged to give warning of his coming at last about noon on the twentieth the flag in the ferry garden was dropped 
and soon after the president was seen riding slowly down the hill and under the first arch where a laurel crown was let fall upon his head from the bridge he went on in company with governor mifflin and the troops to philadelphia where he lay that night the moment he entered the city limits the bells of all the churches were rung and in the language of that time a feu de joie was fired the president was much affected and says an eye-witness as he moved down market street to the city tavern every face seemed to say long 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 live george washington early the next morning the philadelphia horse rode with him to trenton where a yet more pleasing reception awaited him on the assumpic bridge over which twelve years before he led his little army on the night before the battle of princeton the women of trenton had put up a triumphal arch thirteen columns supported it and were surmounted by a great dome adorned with a sunflower and the inscription to thee alone beyond the bridge was gathered a bevy of women and girls who as the president passed under the dome came forward to greet him singing and strewing the way with flowers washington was greatly touched and thanked them in a few neatly turned sentences from trenton the huntington horse accompanied him to rocky hill where the somerset horse met him and escorted him to brunswick thence the middlesex horse took him to woodbridge and the essex horse to the barge at elizabethtown point once on board the little craft was rowed by thirteen pilots through the kill von kull and out into the broad bosom of the most beautiful of harbours around him on every side crowded an innumerable navy of track scouts and shallops barges and rowboats gay with flags and black with shouting men before him just visible in the distance lay the low hills and the white houses of the great city and as the barge sped swiftly toward them the spanish warship galveston saluted with thirteen guns the ship north carolina replied a third salute was fired by the artillery as washington climbed the stairs at murray's wharf and was welcomed by clinton the senators and representatives and escorted through dense lines of cheering citizens to the house made ready for his use at night the sky was red with bonfires and the streets and coffee-houses full of revellers it was the twenty-third of the month but as a few finishing touches were yet to be given to federal hall the ceremonies of inauguration were put off till the thirtieth on the morning of that day the people went in crowds to the churches to offer up prayers for the welfare of the new government and the safety of the president precisely at noon the procession which had been forming almost since sunrise moved from washington's house on cherry street through queen street great dock and broad streets to federal hall as the head of the line reached the building the troops divided and washington was led through the midst of them to the senate chamber where both houses were formally introduced to him 
when the members were again seated and the noise had subsided adams who had already been inaugurated informed the president that the time had come for the administration of the oath of office washington rose and followed by the members of the two houses went out on the balcony of federal hall from which he could be seen far up and down wall street and by the multitude that filled broad street the chancellor of new york tendered the oath and when the ceremony was over turning toward the people cried out long live george washington president of the united states the crowd took up the cry and amid the joyous shouts of the citizens and the roar of the cannon on the battery washington went back to the senate chamber and delivered his inaugural that night there were bonfires in all the streets and moving transparencies in the windows of the Spanish minister's house. End of section 21. This recording is in the public domain.